Good afternoon everyone. It's great to see you at our KT Impact at 2.30 service. This Resurrection Sunday, He is risen. Jesus is Lord and He is sovereign over all. So much to be thankful for this afternoon. Well, the title of the sermon is The Power of His Resurrection. And so why don't you turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter 20. John 20. We'll read verses 1 through 18. I'm reading the NIV version. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Madeline went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the stripes of linen, strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached, reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At first she turned around At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked a woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Madeline went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Well, praise God for his word. So the goal for us this afternoon is very clear. We have only one focus, one, I guess, uh, outcome for us to consider this afternoon is that each and every one of us will fully embrace and understand the magnitude and the capacity of the power of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's word has to fill our hearts and lift our spirits in these times. So let's take a moment before we unpack the scripture to consider a few things regarding the actual resurrection. The first thing to remind ourselves this afternoon is that he rose personally. It was not some substitute, it was Jesus himself. It's also important for us to remember that he rose bodily, meaning that it was his crucified body that was raised from the dead. And we know also that he rose physically, meaning that it was actually him, it was not a dream, it was not some figment of somebody's imagination, it was actually him which means that as he rose literally and physically and actually, it means that it happened. The word resurrection means that he was raised immortal and incorruptible, which is very important for us in our 
considerations this afternoon because it means that he will never die again. We see right throughout Jesus' ministry on earth, many times he raised people from the death, uh, from the dead. The obvious example would be Lazarus. But it's important for us to remember that those were resuscitations, not true resurrections. Lazarus was, of course, destined to die again. But Jesus, it's different. Because once he's experienced death and triumph over it, he will never die again. He was raised immortal, alive from the dead, and he still lives today, Resurrection Sunday. And we can celebrate that, which means that what we get to say is on the third day, he rose again and he rules victorious. So now I want us to explore a few considerations in our own understanding this afternoon on understanding the power of his resurrection. So there's a few learning outcomes for us. Firstly, I think it's really important that we learn who God is. Because as we learn who God is, we better understand who we are. Revelation about the heart, the nature and the character of God informs us about ourselves and who and what we are called to be like. Now this is largely a big stumbling block for people in the 21st century is that we rarely, if ever, actually fully discover who we are called to be because we don't always take the time to discover who God truly is. And we know that there are endless possibilities for us when we place ourselves at the epicenter of God's will and purpose for our lives. And so know this, as we reflect him, it's crucial that as we do that, we're able then to understand who we are in him because we get to capture his heart, we get to capture his attitude to humanity, we get to understand his nature and his character in every single area of our lives. That relationship between us, father to son, father to daughter, is so much more enriched, is so much deeper, more profound, which obviously then gives way to a greater appetite in our hearts and lives to know him more intimately. John 17.3, the ESV version, reminds us of this and this eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I want to suggest to us this afternoon, discipleship is important, absolutely. And evangelism, soul winning, all these are key areas of life and ministry. But I would suggest that a central focus for us in our existence here on this earth is that we come to know him more fully and more intimately. The closer you draw to Christ, the more you get to capture his heart and your desire to be in his presence. That hunger, that commitment for his presence will emerge in every area of your life and flood every single part of your life because you are able to see God's goodness in every area of your life. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, well, how does that apply to me? Well, let me encourage you. Any committed, sold out, passionate follower of Christ will testify to this. You never get tired of learning more about Christ, more about his word, more about his heart and his nature and his character. And these are some uh, attributes that we can subscribe to this afternoon. And as we discover this, we discover that we get to know him better. We suddenly realize that we also know ourselves so much better. But I think it's also important for us on this journey this afternoon that we remember that his power conquers all. Good news. Jesus has conquered death, hell, sin and the grave forever. Amen. It is vital for us as believers, 
Or maybe you're here this afternoon watching in the comfort of your home, trying to understand a little bit more about this Jesus. Well, let me unpack it for you. The more that we understand the magnitude and the scope of what Jesus achieved in the power of his resurrection, the greater the possibilities are for us in our journey with Christ. This is not a partial victory. This is not a temporary victory. This is an all-conquering, victorious victory. Now, to conquer something means that you overcome it, you subdue it, you win over it. Jesus said in, in John 10, we read, the thief comes only to steal and to destroy. Now, that's the work of the enemy. But I have come that you would have life, and here's the key part, and life in all its fullness. It's Jesus' desire that we have the full scope, the magnitude, the total capacity of life that he wants to give us through the power of his resurrection. There was a lot that Jesus conquered on our behalf this afternoon, but I want us to consider a few things. We read in John 19, the enemy was trying to steal. Jesus was being flogged, he was being stripped, he was, his dignity, everything was being robbed from him in those moments. But by every stripe, gave us victory in the name of Jesus Christ. But we also read in John 19 that obviously we see that Jesus was crucified. The enemy wanted to kill him and the enemy will want to do that in our walk. He will want to destroy us, but we know that Jesus' blood purchased our salvation. We are redeemed, we are restored, we are reconciled to Christ. Remember, the power of his resurrection is an all-conquering power. And that's how the words of Romans 8.37 stand so true for us in all these things. So it's all-encompassing. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Which means... Maybe you're sitting in your home this afternoon, you're concerned about COVID-19, you're concerned about your job, you're concerned about your health, family, finance. There's maybe there's lots of issues that are developing in your life. I want to tell you, the resurrection power of Christ gives us the capacity to overcome every single challenge, that we can have continual victory, not in ourselves, but in the power of God. There is no challenge, there's no trial, there's no addiction, there's no attack, there's no mindset. There is no need that God cannot grant us victory. I want to hear you say amen from the comfort of your home this afternoon. We have the victory in Christ. But also it's important for us to remember that this power lives inside of us. I think too often as Christians we are unaware of the authority that we have been given. It's so clear, scripture is so clear, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to us. We just need to learn how to steward that authority. And often you see in the world, people equate success with power or authority. Uh, politics can creep in to situations and to life. But I want to suggest to you that the power that Jesus demonstrated, it was a quiet power. It wasn't uh, it didn't need a show. It didn't need to demonstrate itself in every environment that Jesus stepped into. He was quiet in the way that he demonstrated that power because he knew where that power came from. And I wouldn't want any of us in our journey with Jesus to embellish what God has provided for us or exaggerate that. But I want us to know that all authority has been given to us. So the goal, the key for us is to remind ourselves of that, but also learn how to steward that in a way that will give God glory. We know that God gives and God takes away. Paul declares, Philippians 
big declaration here. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Now, the Greek word is dunamis for power, and that's how we get the word dynamite. And so you can see that there's a, there would be an explosion. There would be a sense of force and power attached to dynamite. That's what we need to be like in our walk with Christ today on Resurrection Sunday. We need to have some power instilled back into our lives. We need to understand that we're not victims, but we're victors, that we are standing on the solid rock that is Christ Jesus, and in him we have the victory. Paul clearly here wanted to experience victory over himself. Maybe he had some mindsets, he had some challenges, he had some issues in his life where he wanted to address them, he wanted to overpower them through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He knew that he wanted to receive, through his relationship with Christ, the capacity and the ability to overcome sin in his life. And I pray that that's your prayer this afternoon, that you would be able to root out every trace of sin, every trial, every struggle, every addiction that you may have, every worldly mindset, that as you know Christ and the power of his resurrection, you will be able to put away those sins. Paul wanted to walk in the newness, newness of life, and that's available and accessible to us today. Paul also highlights this in Ephesians 1, verses 18 to 20. He, the words read, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places? Paul uses the word immeasurable, as in it's so vast, it, there's no way of defining it. And that's what we need to embrace this afternoon. That power lives inside of us. But Paul also prays that the people he's speaking to there, and also us, that we can embrace that revelation in our minds. This produces growth. We shift our hearts and our minds and our motivation for the things of the kingdom. Our attitudes to the world, worldly mindsets, constraints and restraints that we may have put on our lives start to evaporate. We become receptive, we become engaged, we become willing to serve and supremely motivated because we are choosing in that moment to actively respond to his power and the evidence of the truth that we are hearing. That's why Paul prays very clearly that the eyes of our heart would, would see the truth because we need to see the truth as well as feel it because it has to go beyond our knowledge. It has to go beyond our intelligence and reach the deepest recesses of our heart and emotions. And then we can rejoice and reflect God's goodness to every person that we encounter this afternoon. The same power that raised Christ from the dead 2,000 years ago is available to you right now to transform every weakness into a strength. We move from darkness to light. We go from failure to victory. We go from brokenness to wholeness. We move from pain to healing, from rejection to acceptance, from fear to courage, and from shame to humility. And I'm reminded of a very short song that Hillsong wrote a number of years ago called You Are Here, Same Power. And there's four lines that resonate so deeply with me. The same power 
that conquered the grave lives in me, lives in me. Your love that rescued the earth lives in me, lives in me. And that's our reality as Christians. You know, the moment we become a Christian, the moment we became a Christian, we were immediately equipped with that power. We might not have been conscious or aware of it or even know how to govern and steward it, but it's still within us. It came with the spirit of grace that came into our heart. When we receive the Lord Jesus, he gives us that spirit of love, that spirit of grace and of power. And it comes to every person that believes. And so what we need to understand today is how that power works. So here's some concluding thoughts for us this afternoon. The resurrection is as much about faith as it is about fact. You know, Christianity is the only religion in the world that has an entire day dedicated to the fact that Jesus conquered death, hell, sin and the grave. No other religion acknowledges anything like that with their gods. But our Lord Jesus is celebrated here on earth. Romans 6.10 For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. His death brought us life. In the New Testament, we see it right the way through. All of that is about empowering you and me as believers to be salt and light in our workplaces, in our communities, that we are stirred into action. We are provoked into utilizing what has been afforded to us in these moments. And as we live by faith and take purposeful actions and steps for God, we will be moving from victims to victors. It all distills down to this. His victory has become our victory. And so today, it's a vital and a crucial reminder for us as the body of Christ to rise up, not to be slow in our actions in serving God. We need to take authority over every challenge, over every issue in our lives. We are no longer victims, we're no longer slaves. Jesus has won the war over sickness, he's won the war over death, he's won the war over poverty, he's won the war over orphan-mindedness. Everything has been conquered by the Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we know that this resurrection power is working in our lives? We read it, we read it rather, in verse 8 of John 20. He saw, which means that he gained knowledge. He advanced his understanding. But it also says that he believed. Now, it isn't just enough for us to have knowledge as Christians. We need to believe because there were other people at the time that didn't believe. We need to believe. Our assignment, your assignment, my assignment is to enforce the victory that Christ has already afforded and made accessible to us today. Embrace the full measure of his resurrection power. You will see his kingdom established in every area of your life. And friends, now more than ever, not just because of coronavirus, but because the days in front of us and the days that are so clearly present to us are evil, we need to plug into that power. We need that power to be available and to access that each and every day because we know in doing that, we will overcome in every single area of our lives.